Vamos. Welcome back to Ghostbusters Minute. Ghostbusters Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1984 film Ghostbusters Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And we're here today to welcome you back to Minute number 37. Brady, how are you doing today? Doing good. How about you? I'm doing pretty good too. So uh, we're going to get into Minute number 37 here today. And if you remember in the previous moment, uh, excuse me, previous minute, the Ghostbusters were prepping the Cedric Ballroom for the capture of Slimer and the hotel manager was desperately trying to get into the ballroom. So if you're ready, we're going to go ahead and jump into it. You ready, Brady? Let's do it. Okay, minute number 37. Peter Venkman tells everyone to wait and says, I've always wanted to do this, as he walks up to a table which is fully dressed for the midnight buffet. Venkman grabs the tablecloth and pulls it, causing all of the plates and silverware to spill to the floor. The flowers, however, remain standing. At 37.07, Ray tosses a trap underneath Slimer and begins to give direction to Egon on what to do. He tells Egon that he wants a confinement stream. Egon fires up his beam and snags Slimer. At 37.16, Venkman fires up his beam as well, fully wrangling Slimer. At 37.18, Egon tells Ray that it's working. Ray tells Egon and Venkman to start bringing Slimer down and reminds them to make sure that the streams don't cross. At 37.23, Venkman says to Slimer, Next time you'll think twice before sliming a guy with a Prozaton collider. At 37.27, Egon tells Venkman to shorten his stream because he doesn't want his face burnt off. At 37.30, Ray tells Venkman and Ray, excuse me, Ray tells Venkman and Egon that he is opening the trap now and not to look directly into it. At 37.34, Ray opens the trap and instantly Egon says, I looked at the trap, Ray. At 37.41, Ray stomps on the trap again and Slimer is sucked down inside. At 37.47, the room goes silent. And as the Ghostbusters look around, seemingly in disbelief at what has just happened, they cautiously approach the beeping trap and give it a kick just to make sure. And thus ends minute number 37. So at minute number 37, we get the first look at a ghost being trapped in the movie. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know... So interesting to me that um, it's it's not just used as like a ray gun or so you know a gun that's you shoot the you zap it and then it disappears or whatever like they have to use these things to harness it mm-hmm. like a lasso bring it down it's a it's a group effort and you have to bring it down in just a certain spot that the trap is going to be able to open up and capture the ghost um, so it's a lot like fishing. It's a lot like fishing or using a lasso to bring down like a, you know... A steer or something Yeah, like something that. like yeah. that that can go the other way if it wants. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that they went with that route as opposed to just a laser gun, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I don't know how the wands were used in the previous version of Ghost Smashers, but we know that they were like... They would come out of their gloves and they would flick them and kind of shoot stuff at the ghosts. So. Yeah, so it's interesting to think that like people would be extending their arms and their fists to try and do what we see the proton yeah. wands doing in this. Yeah, this is a very kind of outside-of-the-box concept. I know that the... And this is, you know, very strange. The, the previous, the other Ghostbusters, they had some sort of gun that they would use. And it would look like a camera. And they would just turn it on and it would flash and the ghost would just disappear or evaporate. And to clarify, whenever you say the other Ghostbusters, you're talking about the cartoon that was before that had that title but preceded the Ghostbusters as we are. Yes, in the, okay, li- yeah. the live-action TV show that That's was actually yeah. back in the day where they had some sort of weird like camera-looking gun that they would... And I know that this Ghostbusters doesn't really borrow heavily from that, but it's a real outside-of-the-box idea that these guys would capture the ghosts in this manner and bring them down. And this scene, this particular minute, is the culmination of them screwing up so many times before this, right? This is their first time that they're testing out the equipment. They don't really know what... They have an idea of what they're going to do. They don't know how exactly it works. And there's an interesting line here where Ray says to Egon, hey, I want a confinement stream. Yeah. Which, when I was watching this, I never thought about that. Do these guns... Excuse me. Do these uh, proton packs and particle throwers, do they have other functions? You know, like, 
Do you remember? Okay, so in Star Wars: A New Hope, the first time you see—well, not the first time because they come in with guns blazing—the stormtroopers break into the rebel ship and they start shooting everybody with their red lasers, right? Yeah. But then about a minute or two after that, Princess Leia is running away from them and they shoot her with like a stun setting, and I think they even say to her like, you know, like shoot her with a stun, and it's like this ring that goes down and hits her. And I always thought that was kind of weird that the guns had different settings on them because it's like a a Star Trek thing. They always say you know set set phasers for stun, yeah. But I guess maybe the the proton packs have different settings. I tried to look around. I could find schematics for how to make your own particle thrower and proton pack, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't find any details on if there were different functions. You know, like a dial you could set to confinement or something else. Which brings up another thing I wanted to talk about real quick. In the 2016 Ghostbusters, in the final fight scene that they have with all the ghosts, they use different weapons, right? Like there's the yeah. brass knuckle type thing. I think Leslie Jones uh, has the ghost shredder that she uses. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of wrangling and zapping of ghosts. And then at the end of the fight, spoiler alert, these ghosts are just laying down on the ground. Like they've been defeated. And we're not really sure if they've been I'm using air quotes here, like double killed or killed for the second time, you know, as ghosts, or if they were just worn out and ran resting or something. Which would make sense because they just had to fight this, you know, trying to pull away from the lasso, as I've said it. So this, you know, they could be using that, The you know, Ghostbusters, that is, could be using that as a way to tire out the ghost. Yeah. And thus ease the capturing of it. We're left to assume a lot of things because it's not really given, we're not given a whole lot of detail on how, on how these things work. And, that's fine. It's not really a problem in in this movie, Ghostbusters, because we're we know at least if there is a confinement setting, there has to be other settings, right? Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, they wrangle Slimer down. And do you remember in the, in seeing in the video game how they caught the ghosts? They would wrangle them, but then there was like a moment where they were like slamming them to the ground. Yeah. yeah. That was kind of cool. And they don't really do this in this. They kind of bring them down low enough. The trap opens up sucks them right down and see they're probably able to do that for the video game come up with that idea because the movie presents these things and leaves it open-ended for either fans to come up with their own definition or leaves it open for uh different directions they can take it for sequels yeah and uh it's also a good game mechanic that slamming down Mm -hmm. is kind of like a fishing type thing where you really have to reel them in you know when you're fishing and you kind of have to pull the fish into the boat you really have to give it your all there at the last second it's like the inverse of that to get the ghost down to the trap is to slam them but in this movie we just see slimer suck straight down from the trap speaking of the trap Mm -hmm. got a little info on it oh great i wasn't able to find that much surprisingly yeah Uh, also referred to as the muon trap yeah, I saw that as well. I, I don't know what that means. I couldn't find any cross-reference for why it was called that. Well, here you go. Awesome. <laughs> it is. A- so the particle throwers actually have a couple of different names because Peter says to Slimer, you'll think next twice, you'll, you'll think twice next time before you slime a guy with a prosciton collider, right? Right. So it has a couple of different names. Particle thrower is what you and I have been referring to it as, but it's also called a proton blaster, a proton gun, a prosciton collider, a neutrino wand, neutrino, excuse me, neutrino wand, and neutrina wand. <laughs> Or a proton wand. So it's got a few different names it goes by, but personally, Particle Thrower is my personal favorite. Personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Personal. Um, so the trap is, is almost kind of like the police car or the paddy wagon that they put it in so they can bring it back to prison, which yeah. is the you know containment chamber, you know, so that they can bring it back for imprisonment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It's an interesting tool. Uh, the I think the special effects order are actually really impressive. How you see yeah. Slimer getting kind of like slender as he's sucked down into yeah. it. And they actually uh, improved on this a lot in the sequel. And mm-hmm. if you go and you watch it, it's subtle things, but it's still uh, it's still a cool special effect. Same thing in the cartoon, too. They get like stretched out and thinned out on their way, getting sucked down into the trap. They become elongated and uh, sucked on in. So, so the proton packs, uh, I looked up online a little information on them because I wanted to know what exactly they, why it's a proton 
and in, in how it worked, right? Yeah. So what I could gather is that it was designed in 1984 by Egon Spangler and Ray Stantz, and it counters the negative energy that ghosts are made of. So the proton is a way of saying it counters the negative. So we have pro-neg like that, right? Yeah. That's, I don't, I couldn't find much, <laughs> much other from that. But there is a line where Ray says, you know, we've had, don't cross the streams. So that's one rule. The second rule we're given here is don't look into the trap. Yeah. And Egon says, I looked into the trap, Ray. Which apparently does nothing. Or What do you think happens if you look into the trap? I don't know. Tell us, Kyle. I don't know either. Oh. I'm just assuming here. I wanted to know what your speculation or your headcanon was. I don't on it. know, but like I do think it's funny that he looks in there and nothing happens, which means this is probably Ray just coming up with his own fanciful, you know, ideas of what could happen. Uh, which which, you know, helps define Ray a little bit more, but So Ray has his glasses on, right? Mm-hmm. Which would I would the assume goggles. there would be some yeah, the ecto goggles would have some sort of maybe safety mechanism in them where he could That's stare true, into yeah. the trap. It's kind of like when you're a little kid and people say, Don't go outside and stare directly into the sun, you know, because you'll burn your eyes or whatever. Yeah. It's yeah. you know, it's true, but yeah, you gotta look at the sun for like hours on end <laughs> to to actually do any sort of damage to your eyes. Which is really weird because the sun is like always present in yeah. everything you're doing. All the time, and nobody ever looks at it. You just look at the stuff that comes from it. So the only thing I could think is it would cause some retinal damage. But I was curious if you think that maybe if you look inside of it, and maybe it's this gateway into an alternate like pocket dimension. And it could that, take you as well. Well, no, that it could destroy your psyche if you looked inside and you saw what the true nature of God, the universe was. I don't know, man. That's <laughs> deep right there. <laughs> if you're peering into this little hole and you see like Jesus. all these trapped souls in there and you're like, yeah. hey, one day you're going to be sucked into one of God, these things and have to spend the next time. Topic, <laughs> You know what that reminds me of? What's that? So it was cut out of the eventual, you know, uh, final cut of Return of the Jedi. Uh-huh. And in Empire Strikes Back, Lando says that it's okay, he's in perfect hibernation, assuming that he will be asleep as long as he isn't, Han is in the carbonite. But there was a deleted scene where Luke asks him what was it like, and he says that he was awake. He's conscious the whole time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I... I read something the other day where somebody, it might have been on Reddit or something like that, somebody asked people who were in comas to tell them what was it like while you were in the coma. And somebody responded, I wasn't in a coma, but my father-in-law was for like five years. And he said that he had an extremely vivid dream where he was this Chinese guy who was working in China on watches. And that it got so detailed that he couldn't tell that he was in a dream anymore. So the idea there is like, are you Brady in a coma right oh now. Oh my God. Can we please talk about something else? Thinking that you're a podcaster Jesus. and everything is so detailed that there's this. Hey, you know what? I don't know that I'd want to wake up. I really enjoy doing this podcast. It's not bad. No. I'd say of all the possibility of pocket dimensions you could be in during a coma, this is not a bad one. No, no, not at all. <laughs> you could be in some Sisyphean feat of like pushing a boulder up a hill every day or you know, having your intestines torn out by an eagle. But instead you're just going over Ghostbusters minute by minute. And this is the moment where the people outside of the, in the, hospital room start saying to you wake up you're in a coma wake up you're in a coma the only way we're able to get to you is through this podcast you know getting even more off topic here um i was giving blood one time Mm -hmm. and i was asking the lady doing it like so what happens if people pass out or whatever next thing she starts talking next thing i know i'm waking up on my back (laughs) looking up into a bright circular white light that's coming down to me and there's a few women uh standing around me in like white robes saying brady 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 are you there wake up and i'm like i'm I'm in heaven i died and then eventually came to and realized it was nurses in their white coats standing around me and it was a ceiling light like (laughs) recess lighting shining down on me and i was like damn it (laughs) what does that say 
<laughs> like I thought this was it. Yeah. I thought it was coming home. <laughs> nope. Oh well. All right. Well, you got anything else for minute number thirty-seven? No, just that story about me being a ghost. <laughs> well, thankfully nobody was standing outside when you woke up to wrangle you and that slam me true. down into a trap, into yeah. a pocket dimension. So, all right. Well, if you don't have anything else, I don't have anything else. We'll go ahead and wrap this one up. So, guys, we're going to be back tomorrow for minute number thirty-eight. Uh, again, we want to thank the guys from Back to the Future Minute for coming on the show yesterday and. Uh, talking to us. I thought that was an awesome episode. Scott and Nick, we're, you know, we really would love to have them on again at some point in the future because that was fantastic. So listen to their podcast, uh, Back to the Future Minute. All right, folks. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to be back tomorrow with minute number 38. Friday will be minute number 39. And then, of course, the Patreon episode this weekend is going to be the Ghostbusters soundtrack. So please join us for that. Uh, thank you so much for listening. For Brady, I'm Kyle, and we're here to remind you that death is but a door, time a window. We'll be back. Ghostbusters Minute is a fan-supported podcast. To become a patron of Ghostbusters Minute and gain access to exclusive weekly bonus content, visit us at patreon.com slash gbminute. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at ghostbustersminute at gmail.com and visit us online at ghostbustersminute.com, facebook.com slash ghostbustersminute, twitter.com slash gbminute, and look us up on Instagram at ghostbustersminute. Our theme song is Ectoplasm by Audionautics, which is licensed under the Creative Commons Attributions License.